0: Welcome to the Holistic Health and Human Potential Podcast. I am your host, Ronnie Landis. I'm an international speaker, author of multiple books, an integrative nutritionist, a transformation and embodiment coach, and simply a man who has devoted most of my life to the study, application, and integration of human potential. And it is my biggest inspiration to bring you weekly episodes that will expand your mind, challenge your paradigm, deepen your heart, and help you to embody the greatest version of yourself as I believe you are meant to do something incredible with your life. And this podcast exists simply to support you on that journey. greetings everyone welcome to another edition of the holistic human optimization show i am your host as always ronnie landis and uh we've taken a little time away from the show i've noticed um obviously i would notice because i'm the one hosting the show but um life has been pretty interesting these last couple months it's been pretty full-on and um Although I've updated a lot of the episodes from before, I haven't recorded an episode in um, maybe two months, which is strange because the last two and a half years, I've been full force with this thing. We're almost 170 recorded interviews, not to mention all the individual episodes I've done. And um, it's been full, full on. So this last time, the last couple months away from it has definitely given me a lot of reflection. And I wasn't sure how I wanted to proceed with this. You know, after you've done something for so long and it it started out as a hobby, it started out something as like, I have so many contacts, so why not? put them together. Then it took on a life of its own and became a side obsession. And we built a huge following. And I think we have like almost like a quarter million downloads and just pretty, pretty cool, pretty amazing. And, um, I was trying to think to myself, like, do I want to like build a serious podcast at this point or, or what do I want to do? I don't know at this point, but what I do know is that I get feedback from people so much that say, so many people say that this is their favorite podcast just because of the diversity, Um, I'm personally used to being on both sides of these conversations. So I think there's a unique ability to go really deep with people and have a conversation rather than just a static interview. Um, And I think that's one of the reasons people really are drawn to this particular podcast. And uh, so yeah, I'm excited to be back with all of you and all of you that are viewing this right now on Facebook Live. Welcome back. And uh, let's jump into this, this episode. So I have one of my closest friends, Miss Noah Lakshmi. Uh, we did an episode around 100 episodes ago, um, maybe more, and we talked all about astrology and a lot of amazing things on that level. And Noah is my personal astrologer she's the person I go to when things are hitting the fan, and i'm just like i don't know what's going on there's i can't get a straight answer on youtube everyone's going all over the place, and Mercury's doing this i don't even understand what's going on. I need you to help me understand and the cool thing about what Noah does in her her consultation work is that she does soul astrology reading, so she has an ability to really pierce into the soul, not just to tell you what's going on in your chart, in the conceptual, kind of the mental side of it, but she helps bridge the mind and the soul. So you understand that there is a purpose and there is a process and a cycle that your soul is going through in your human incarnation. And and it starts to make sense. So you, you're not just like up the creek without a, a paddle or however the saying goes, right? You're actually, there is a plan and a purpose for the madness that you may be Um, going through. And um, it it will all come together. And so I really appreciate Noah for that. And uh, so Noah, you had reached out to me uh, not that long ago. And you said, Hey, like, it's time for us to have another conversation. And we need to talk about money. And I at the time, I was like, yeah, we probably do need to talk about that. And then um, we circle back around. And the other day, I just got this hit. I was like, wait a minute, I need to, get, I need to contact Noah. Like, It's time to get this thing going. And um, so here we are. We just had a really great banter about this before we hopped on here. And I don't want to take too much time because this is a very deep subject. I want to contextualize it. I actually want to have you contextualize it. Um, so what we're going to talk about today is multiple dimensions of financial health let's say that like prosperity consciousness and why it is absolutely essential for each one of us to develop abundance financially, not just like, you know, abundance as a nice idea, like, Oh, I'm so abundant, but no, like the actual evidence of it in your bank account um, as a, as you know, a response to the work you do or the service you give or whatever, whatever it is, your deal is. But ultimately the point is that each one of us spiritually speaking, must become wealthy and prosperous in order to be fully, um, I don't want to say fully realized, but just to have the full human experience. Maybe, okay, maybe that's that's where we're going with this. So um, with that said, what an interesting topic. Noah, why is this so important to you?
1: I was writing notes as you were talking to, like for me not to forget certain things. So Thank you, Ronnie. I'm so stoked to be here and all in perfect timing, uh, April 1st. Haha, it's a joke. <laughs> um, so, you touched on something really crucial. Why I am so passionate about this It's that self realization, uh, what I call also is self actualization. And in the world that we live in right now, in this material world, I don't care how spiritual you are. I'm a very spiritually oriented individual. So are you. We live in a material world. We do. That's just, that's what, that's, that's the reality that we are in right now. And as a spiritual being, if you want to truly actualize yourself on all levels, physically, mentally, and spiritually, money is part of the equation none of us can escape that. So just like you and I were talking before getting on the actual recording, unless you want to live in a cave and eat wild mangoes and Kauai, then you've got to have money. Now, the difference, um, and, and what I am passionate about, is it's not just about how much money you have in your bank account. There are plenty, plenty, plenty of people out there that are extremely prosperous financially, lots of money in the bank account, but they are far from being self-actualized and far from being spiritually rich, spiritually prosperous. So we are looking at creating a new generation that is both spiritually rich and financially rich. And when you bring those two together, that's where true and profound self-actualization can occur where the actualization occurs on the spiritual level and on the material level. So that's, that's what I'm driven by. It's, it's the understanding that money basically gives us the, the, the tools and the resources to grow as an, on an individual level and to expand and to, and to embody the true potential of who we are. And that takes money even just sitting right now, you needed money to buy this computer. You want to take certain trainings. You want to uh, take certain classes. You want to travel to places. Even the work that you do with clients, for you to become a better coach, for you to become a better healer, for you to become a better teacher, a better artist, a better musician, whatever it is that is yours to do, whatever it is that is, is your path of self-actualization, that requires money. I don't care who you are.
0: One hundred percent, one hundred percent. That's what and you know. That's another thing that a lot of people don't realize is that um, entrepreneurs, coaches, um, service providers—we're all reinvesting back into ourselves. It's not as though we're just storing money away in some savings account. Most of the time, you know, entrepreneurs—it's a messy process and it's chaotic at times because you know, we're, we're trying to handle and steward and learn how to, and to, to, uh, you know, hold this energy that we call money. And, um, it's an interesting process in of itself. And I think we'll probably go into that as we get down to the archetypal side of things. Um, so love everything that you're sharing. And, um, let's just talk about, um, you, you gave me a number of bullet points, that you wanted to go through. So why don't we go through those almost in a little bit of a a orderly way and start with number one, which is um, you know, you say it's your birthright to be prosperous from sharing your innate gifts, your passions are indeed your prosperity. I love that. I completely agree with that. Let's uh, you know, let's, let's expand on that
1: for sure. And it's a continuation of what I start saying already, the difference between having money, making money, and having a wealthy bank account, uh, but are you actually fulfilled? Are you actually aligned with your soul? So it's creating that generation of fulfilled and prosperous individuals. And like I said, it's your birthright. You don't, I mean, of course, you can take classes. You can, um, you can expand your, your box of tools and all of that requires money. And it's a beautiful process. However, it is your, your birthright to be prosperous from just being you. So whatever it is that you are passionate about, whatever it is that comes naturally to you, it's your path to prosperity. And we, we, we were not taught that. We were not taught that, hey, whatever it is that is your gift, whatever it is that you feel called to do and to share that's actually your doorway to prosperity. But for most people, that's not the mindset. That's not the dominant mindset. And so many people are trapped in a place of, okay, I'm making a lot of money, but I'm spiritually depleted or not fulfilled or not happy. And then we've got you know the other side of the fence of, yes, I'm stoked. I'm, I'm doing the healing work. Or I'm, doing, I'm sharing my music. I'm coaching people, whatever your gig is, but there's no money. So closing that gap is absolutely crucial for people to be truly fulfilled. And this is the key word, empowered, absolutely empowered. Now, like you said, right, it's a messy process being an entrepreneur and whatever it is that you choose to do. It's not, it's one thing to make money by having a job and it's a completely different ballgame to actually have that financial abundance coming into your life through being you and actually sharing your gifts. And then we can go deeper into the conversation that it, this, that's all based on self-worth. And if your self-worth is not there, then it will be very difficult to actually feel confident enough to know that your gifts are valuable and then to open the gates of receptivity to actually receive compensation from your gifts and your passions and what is your natural flow of expression.
0: I, I love that. And the question that was coming up in my mind that I think a lot of people would be thinking is that how do we apply that? And, you know, you mentioned something about self-worth, Which is obviously in our world, we know that that is really the root of everything, even health in general. There's a self-worth component, especially an emotional component with all forms of disease. It's actually been mapped out organ to organ, meridian to meridian um, in certain organs and glands, how certain emotional connotations so certain diseases have a direct association with specific emotions and um, gender to gender events very it's actually gotten very specific so then you think about self worth and self deprivation or the lack of self esteem the lack of self respect the word that comes up for me is congruence. I was having this conversation with um, a mutual friend of ours and um we were talking about working together, and she, she um, has everything in her life is kind of dialed in, but there's this one persistent thing with weight and health. And, and, and I, I drew the correlation between that and the rest of her life involving her income, the ceilings, the, the invisible glass ceilings in every, every area, area of her life that she was mentioning. And I realized it had an embodiment issue. And it wasn't anything wrong with her. It was just like there was a bottleneck. And I I was just saying, like, the thing that I think is going to skyrocket everything at the same time is congruence. Because it's not that your body in this example, it's not that your body is inherently wrong. It's how you feel about it. And you know that something is off. Therefore, you can't trick yourself out of it. You can't just say, oh, I love my body just the way it is. That's not going to work. Because you fundamentally know that something's out of order. So you don't feel totally congruent. Therefore, that's creating a bottleneck with your income and with your relationships and all these other areas. And um and that's kind of what comes up for me before we go into point number two. I think it beautifully is a beautiful bridge. But I wanna I wanna just I wanna just get your take on that. You know, everything I just said and especially this congruence piece, because I feel like the bottleneck for people to translate the idea of abundance to practical abundance, people don't feel worthy, therefore. How could they really feel congruent?
1: Wow, Ronnie, this is brilliant. So brilliant. And I I agree with you 100% congruency is a, it's a keyword and it's for many people. And I know myself, right? It's a moment of radical honesty that I have to have with myself around, well, what's, what is my financial reality reflecting to me? Like, hello, Noah, wake up call. Um, where aren't you congruent in your life? And it's not about feeling bad about oneself. It's not about pointing fingers, blaming oneself for other things. It's just, all right, then let me do something about it, which, again, requires a level of self-worth. Because if I deem myself worthy, right, then of course I want the best health. Of course I want to be wealthy. Of course I want to create the life that I desire. Of course I value my gifts and I want to share it because I, I see the value that they bring to the world and to the people that, that cross my path. So all of that comes down to self-worth and that's the work that I do. I go to that place and like, let's see where aren't you valuing yourself and therefore you're not congruent. So what you said around congruency is so true, Ronnie, because it's one thing to meditate about abundance and all that beautiful stuff, but we actually need to take the action steps, right? And I know you know that it's the action steps, especially when you build your own business when you you're not you not you don't have a paycheck that is coming in every month. you are your business. Whatever your field of expertise is, you need to take the action steps that will allow that wealth, that prosperity to come in. So the, the action steps also, what is the fuel? The fuel is self-worth. I know that I am worthy of A, B, C, and D, then the action steps come naturally. It's not always easy. I'm not saying it's easy because a lot of the times we've got to stretch ourselves and do the things that we haven't done before and be the things that we haven't been before. So the action steps are not always easy, but there's no, there's no like sticky resistance. It's like, okay, I know this is, these are the steps that I can take in order to change my financial reality. Awesome. I'm doing it. Why? Because I see how I see my value. I know that I'm worthy of this life and so there's more congruency between the thoughts, the feelings, how I feel about myself and the actions that I take to to close the gap between the reality of now and the reality that I know is 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 my birthright to live and experience.
0: It's, it's so it's so perfectly stated. And you know, it's the same thing with healthy habits. You know, it's totally. like the more acidic your blood is, the more you're gonna crave acidic things. The more you're going to crave sugar, the more you're going to crave certain types of fats or, or things that we would say are, you know, processed food, whatever. But the more alkaline you are, the more you're going to crave alkaline forming foods. It's just, so it's, it's state, it's not state dependent as in just your mental state. It's, it's your entire state, your state of being and everything involved. And, um, you know, it really does come down to self-worth. You know, especially if you are in that acidic state, even just like an acidic situation, if you will, a negative situation, it takes a lot of valuing yourself to pull yourself out of that to get back into equanimity within yourself um, to make those those healthy choices. You have to value yourself, and you have to have self esteem to say, I know I'm gonna. I, I deserve to eat organic. I just to, need to pay the extra dollar for the organic avocado or something. And every time someone makes that choice, they're investing in themselves and they're creating more self-respect and it's no different and it translates to every other area of our life. So it's like in this particular dimension is so powerful because it, as you mentioned before we recorded, it's such a taboo, right? It's such a taboo and it's so easy to overlook this um and into just, you know, whatever to to just penny pinch and stuff. Um, but you know, I wanna I wanna take what, what you just shared and move on to the second point, which is dismantling patterns and paradigms of struggle and suffering and installing new codes of prosperity and freedom. This is I love this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's it goes hand in hand with what we talked about before we start recording, and it's one of the points, the starving artist, the broke healer, the burned out entrepreneur, or the broke entrepreneur, like all those stories around. And like you said, Ronnie, yeah, the badge of honor that people hold around, oh my God, I'm, I'm so busy. And I'm, I'm like, I'm burned out. I'm working so hard. And it's almost like in our society, we've been trained to be proud of that. And if you do make a lot of money, then it, it's, it's taboo. It's like we, don't talk about, uh, we don't talk about it. You are, you, you're not allowed to brag about how wealthy you are, or how successful financially you are. But it's okay to talk about how broke you are. And how burnt out you are. That's like, oh yeah, let's open that conversation. Even amongst friends. Like how many conversations we actually have around, oh my God, let's celebrate our abundance. Let's celebrate our prosperity. Let's celebrate our financial success and other successes rather than let's have a conversation about how difficult it is and how hard it is. And the bottom line is we are our generation I had this conversation just a few weeks ago in another interview. Our generation, what we are doing is no joke in terms of we are changing our DNA. We are literally downloading new codes of prosperity and freedom and sovereignty and fulfillment, all those things that our parents, even our parents, not even that far far from, from, from now, our parents, definitely our grandparents and our ancestors did not have that privilege to live a life of freedom and prosperity in the way that we now have the privilege to experience. And it's a huge privilege that we have. And that ties into why it is your spiritual duty to become wealthy. Because if you are a light worker, if you consider yourself to be a light worker, and it doesn't matter what your occupation is, you can be a dentist and be a light worker. doesn't matter. But if you have this, this burning passion, this burning knowing in your heart, that you are a change agent, then it is your spiritual duty to become wealthy. So you have the resources to not only meditate on this beautiful world that we can create together, but actually have the resources to move yourself on a personal level, to move yourself forward and on a collective and global level to move humanity and this planet to a better place. And so all those stories and all those old paradigms, of the struggle and the suffering, and it, you have to work hard and you've got to compromise your happiness if you want to make money. I mean, that's a huge one that we must step out of and know that fulfillment and prosperity go together and it is every single individual's birthright, period. And those are new codes that we are starting to install in our system and operate based on these new codes.
0: It's so it's so powerful. It's so powerful. And it, it brings up a lot of interesting things. So if you consider the fact that what you're saying is likely very, very true, then that would that would mean that <clears throat> there's a there's a software upgrade program going on. So imagine like your human neurological system, your brain, your nervous system is like the operating system, right? Okay, then you have software and you can change the operating system like through neurogenesis and and different brain research. Your brain actually physically can reform itself, not to a huge degree, but the actual like neuronal structure and everything, like there's a plasticity to it, right? So what you eat, what you take in, the health of your brain, what you think and emote, all that has an effect on the physical structure, right? So that's the hardware. Um and myelination and all that. But then you have the software, which is the the information. It's one thing to have the hardware, but it's not really, it doesn't really matter if you don't have the software, which is the information in the hardware, the operating system. So a lot of my work is about upgrading the operating system, right? Making it run faster, cutting down the lag time, optimizing that kind of thing. But then it's also like, well what's the information going on in there? and I think one of the things this brings up a lot of interesting points like one of the things that we do know we do know now is that a lot of the trauma that people are carrying is is ancestral trauma it's ancient trauma um, some people even say it's stored in the right hemisphere of the brain, which is a whole interesting uh, topic in of itself but it but nonetheless, there's a lot of ancient trauma that's stored in our system. And that's information, whether or it's familiar, it's lineage or just stuff that we've been through, traumatic experiences that that got imprinted into us, right? Whatever it is, um, all that has to be, it has to be purged or it has to be resolved or deal, dealt with of some sort, right? Because if the new archetype or the new information is trying to come through, you can't have competing and conflicting informations in the same space. Like it's just going to, it's actually probably going to frag frazzle your nervous system and, and you 're going to you know so, so what is your, what does your body have to do? It has to compartmentalize and has to scatter the mind in order to deal with the trauma or to not deal with the trauma. It has to scatter the mind or it has to compartmentalize the information and store it somewhere in the physical body um, until someone can deal with it so I guess the point i 'm trying to make right now is that. Um, in connecting everything that you're saying is that if we're going through an evolutionary upgrade process, it stands to reason that in order to embody the upgrade, we have to deprogram the programs that are already in the operating system before we can fully live the upgraded program.
1: Absolutely. I love how you broke it down to the hardware and the software because that's the language that I speak as well. And I, I see myself, the work that I do is so much about upgrading. Like, let's upgrade your system. And I, oh, I, love, I love giving the example of a computer, right? When you've got the window that pops up and says, um, w- are you ready to install the upgrades? And you've got yes, no, or remind me later. So it's it, right now, and we've been experiencing that just in the last few years, massive, massive upgrades. And every few months or, or so... so. We, remind
0: me later, remind me later, remind me later. That's what most people are doing, right?
1: Exactly, exactly. So every few months or so, we get the pop-up. Are you ready to install the upgrades? And right now, there's... Because it, it keeps intensive... It, 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 it becomes amplified more and more and more as we go because things are just speeding up. Our evolution is speeding up. What used to take um, two years now takes two months sometimes even two weeks, and sometimes even two days. So the amount of, of information, like you said, that is coming, coming into our system, and, and when I say information, is a lot of it is also unseen information, all this decoding that is happening right now. There's a lot of univ- universal forces, a lot of cosmic forces that are at play, that are helping us, helping the human species to evolve. And part of it, and this is for the next seven years, and I'm bringing some astrological information into it without really talking about the astrology, but the next seven years has a lot to do with embodying our higher self, With bringing heaven to earth, literally, which begins with bringing heaven or heavenly reality into your own physical reality as an individual. So there's a lot to say about what you're talking about, and both of us share this work of the body. You've got to create heaven on earth in your body with the food that you eat, with the water that you drink, with the thoughts that you have, with the emotions that you feel and how financially empowered you are and how fulfilled you are and creating that heavenly reality in your personal life so we can together experience heaven on earth. That reality already exists. Can we align ourselves with that timeline though? So it's all about embodiment, it's all about embodying the, the the highest, most brilliant potential that is already living inside of you. And becoming wealthy, having the money to do that is, is, is absolutely essential. Because also another piece, Ronnie, that I want to touch on is being stuck in the survival mode, right? And when you are a broke artist or a broke healer or whatever it is, we're struggling, you are stuck in the first chakra, survival, not feeling safe. Who the F has the, 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 the resources, the internal resources to actually create whatever it is when you are stuck in survival mode. So much of the energy goes there. And you were speaking about it earlier saying that it actually, it becomes a disease in the body. There's no energy flow when you're just stuck there in the root of trying to survive and get by. I know that reality; it fucking sucks.
0: <laughs> hmm. That's yeah. That's 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 very felt by most people, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And I wanna I wanna touch on this word timelines that you brought up because this is a very interesting thing when you start studying this stuff and you start to look at different perspectives of your own evolution of the chronological life cycle. We think it's linear. It's just one to a hundred or one to 73 or whatever the proposed life cycle is. And, um, it's just kind of one, it's just, it's incremental and it's, it's one to one to one to the end. Right. Um, But what's more interesting to me is the idea of multiple timeline probabilities. And so you have multiple possibilities and probabilities based on the actions that you take create the probability, but it's all a possibility until you actually choose something. Most people are in a, they're in an intention deficit disorder so there's indecision, and they're not able to actually make a decision because we have more options than we've ever had before, and our nervous system isn't actually isn't actually uh, evolved, I guess, to even be trying to decide between a million different things and all the different shiny objects and the temporary gratification versus your own evolutionary trajectory, and so it's like we kind of are weighing out all these different things and we can get into that place of indecision, not committing ourselves to a single path. And, um, I guess the point I want to make with that or open up anyways, is like, when you look at your life as a series of timelines, let's say you have a goal or something, or you're like, okay, I want to be financially free. Let's use that example. Let's say financially free is like something between like a hundred to one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year of guaranteed income For most people, that would be like that would be the you know that would be the most amazing thing ever. So let's say that, right? okay, well, then you know then you have to kind of reverse engineer it right if that if that timeline exists then it's not like we just wait around for it or we wait for everything to be perfect, but we still do the same thing we're doing that's getting us what we're getting because what we're doing is putting us on a particular timeline that may not align to the timeline that that you may prefer. So I guess what I want to talk to you about is like this idea of timelines and aligning ahead of time to a timeline that may already exist in the future trying to meet us in the present moment.
1: (laughs) You open opening us so many portals here with this conversation. (laughs) Um here's here's my take on it. I believe that if you have a desire, if and and let's stick to the financial freedom. And I also want to clarify that it's not about the amount amount because for some people a hundred K a year Is a drop in the bucket. For some, it's like uh, unheard of, right? So it's really not about whoever is listening, it's not about the amount, whatever is wealth to you, financially speaking, whatever is going to give you the, the prosperous reality that you were born to experience and live, all right? So let's say, let's stick to the financial freedom. And I know that speaks to me. If you have a desire in your heart, that desire was placed there by a force I call God, call it universe, source, whatever. It's, it was placed there for a reason because whatever it is that you desire, whatever it is that you envision, you also were given the capabilities to manifest that, to create that, all right? So we can look at it as, as a future reality, as a future timeline. However, it's actually a reality that is existing right here, right now. Because because you have the capacity and the ability to envision that, to dream of that. And it's more than just a dream. I mean, Einstein said, your imagination as a human being is your greatest tool. In different words, I'm sorry, Einstein, that I just distorted it completely, but you get the idea, right? So your imagination is, so to speak, the vehicle to get you into that timeline that we with our linear brains were taught to look at it as a linear thing. So I'm here now, and then there's this things, thing five years from now, 10 years from now, and blah, blah, blah. But it's actually, there's no such thing. Everything is existing right now, and it's through meditation. That's why meditation is so crucial. That's why through meditation we can get a taste and a feel of what is this field of infinite possibilities, you can say, or infinite time where it's not so linear. And the more we meditate, the more we quiet that la la that shatter mind, the linear mind, the more you, we can operate and embody, like we said, it's all about embodiment, embody this, this, this operating system. That actually in day-to-day life, we are able to maintain that vision of the infinite field, maintain the vision of all those timelines, and already, no matter what the physical reality is, is already within the mental capacity. Live in the reality that you know is possible for you. So I can already live in the reality of financial freedom, even though my bank account doesn't reflect that yet. And that's that's like the the, the Jedi training. That's when you become the master of your mind.
0: That's, that's beautifully put. <clears throat> and this does take a level of self mastery. This is this is one of the the main areas of life that the biggest programming and the biggest control is, right? Because one of the things I, I we didn't talk about this, but I had mentioned to a group coaching um, group last week was our relationship to money, to me feels more physical than it does conceptual, it feels more built into our nervous system. So the fear and the triggering and the 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 paranoia around money for me has always felt physical. It's always triggered something physical. It wasn't like just in my head. Like, sure, like maybe there's a lot of ideas and stuff, but there's something physical being triggered in my body unlike almost anything else other than a relationship, which then brings up the whole sex and intimacy thing that we talked about, the two creative drivers. on. Um, so it's interesting, right? Like the level of so essentially one of the things we're saying is like, yeah, you need to be prosperous for spiritual well being and, and to have an infinite amount of options to do what you're here to do. But also what we're saying is this is a direct pathway towards self-mastery. This think of all the fears and all the the, the self belief issues that you have to overcome in order to achieve this. It's a very few people in this world that um don't have that. Sure, people that are born into affluent affluence, that's not their project- particular issue. Maybe theirs is relationships or health. Maybe they have a different a different uh karma, if you will. But for most people, the money thing is a major bottleneck. It's a major force of control. So I really just I really want to emphasize that thing you said about self mastery because to me you know the at a certain point the money is like you know at a certain point you you know on the abundance train, I can only imagine when I'm making multiple millions of dollars. it's not going to be that interesting to me, but it's going to be about more it's going to be about something other than the money eventually hopefully it becomes so abundant that the numbers you lose track of the numbers but there's the journey there's the activity that you love to do that creates the abundance it's it's about something it's about more of like personal development I think.
1: Well, it's personal development, and it's also again going back to when you are um, a light worker and you've got the, all these beautiful visions for the world, and you are service oriented. And I'm sh- I'm sure most of your audience, Ronnie, just like mine, are service oriented individuals. So it's not just a personal development, and I, this is a, an important point for me to emphasize that your personal development and you being a vehicle of service go hand in hand. So it's not that you are selfish. If you care about self-development and investing in yourself, no, it's a necessary, crucial, absolutely fundamental piece that you've got to give yourself. If you want to be a better vehicle of service Mm. and same thing goes to money because the more abundant, um, uh, the more wealth you have, the more abundant you are, with your money the more you can give if it's actually donating money or creating things that can help that can be of service to humanity i know that that's my vision like you said when money comes in it's just like water flowing in and out it really is not about the money it's about what can i create with that resource it is absolutely essential and you've got to take care of yourself physically, mentally, spiritually. We talked about it earlier. You've got to keep evolving. You've got to keep growing and you've got to take care of yourself because you are the source. You are the vehicle that all that goodness is flowing through. So if the vehicle is not operating at a ma- maximum, optimum level, something is going to be off. It's not congruent. hmm hmm So it's, 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 it's a conversation that we just can't escape from.
0: Why I okay, so this is what I want to know. Why are people so apprehensive about diving into this conversation? Is it because of fear of disappointment? sometimes people don't set goals because they don't want to disappoint themselves um, like why is this such it's the most obvious thing in the world? We all use money, so why is this such a taboo?
1: right well, and Ronnie, God, you talked about oh, there's so much I could say. Um, the, what you feeling physically, right? With money. It's amazing that you brought it up. And I can so relate to that because again, it goes back to the root shock, right? It goes back to safety. And for many of us, and I know you and I have, have had this conversation about your chart and just in general and how you fundamentally have felt throughout your life unsafe in the world. Correct? I can relate to that same story many, many spiritually oriented beings, sensitive, empathic healers, artists, visionaries are in that category of not feeling safe. And then the financial reality actually reflects that. Just to give you this affirmation of how unsafe I feel and keep being stuck in the root chakra. So I just, I I, I was not addressing your question, but I had to go back to that.
0: That, 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 by the way, I just want to just say like, that's such a, that's such an important thing. Like I definitely just, re- I just remembered there was a recent moment um, a couple months ago where like I hit, you know, I spent all my money, whatever, it just wasn't coming in. And then boom, I hit, I hit um, a plateau and then I need to get like, I need to create some money quick. And I think there was an element of that. Now that I think about it. I didn't feel safe. I didn't feel like secure or confident, but then something happened that pushed me. And then I got in the game and all of a sudden I, I, I produced something like $15,000 in a matter of a month or a month and a half and r- launched a new program. And, and all of a sudden it was like a new version of me came out of it. So I just want to emphasize that point.
1: Excellent. Thank you for bringing this up because it does tie into the question that you ask. How come people are so afraid to talk about it and, and actually do something Here's the thing also with the money. It's not about the money and who it is that you need to become to create that reality. And that actually applies to everything because it's let's say you want to you wanna be with the love of your life, right? It's like, who do you need to become to be in that kind of partnership, right? You want to have certain friendships in your life or relationships. Who do you need to become? So let's focus on the money and the wealth. Who do you need to become to live the financial reality that you truly desire? So it's really not about the money. And you know, talking to people, working with clients, it, I see it time and time again. People choose to say, I don't know, or I'm confused, or I'm unclear I'm, I'm on what I want. Because when you admit to yourself what it is that you want, that also means that you need to take the action steps. And that means that things are going to change. And for your ego, that's a big no-no. And so that's that's one aspect of why people are actually afraid to set the goals and all, that thing, all, all, the, all these things because that means I've got to stretch and become something that I haven't been before. And on top of that, we've got all the social conditionings around money, right? We talked about it at the beginning before we got on the recording, sex and money, taboo, we don't talk about it. And both both those things are related to our sacral chakra, to our creativity. And it's one of the best ways to keep people stuck, afraid, and disempowered. Shut down sexuality and financial empowerment. And now we can control them.
0: Isn't that a weird thing in our society? We shut those things down, we make them taboo, and we glamorize them at the, in the shadow side of them at the same time. So you have you have the shadow side of sexuality through pornography, which is basically just weaponized dopamine reduction or whatever. But then we have all the dopaminergic pleasures of society just there for you. And and then, so there's all, whatever all that is. And then the whole money thing, which is like, you know, there's all the religious training and everything around it. So like, we're kind of like, there's the bottleneck or like you should only have what your share on the table of life and not anymore. And yet, and then, and then we, then it's kind of like, it's kind of proposed to us. People with a lot of money are evil or they're selfish or they're, they're, you know, they're destroying the world, which in a lot of, in su- in the, the, in the, the certain case is true, but it's not because of money.
1: Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's, we, we, we made money, the enemy money is neutral and,
0: just and we like enslave you, ourselves to it anyway. And we
1: enslave ourselves to us. And Ronnie, you know, that's what's so that's what's so funny is greed and poverty are actually the same, it's 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 size of the same coin. Right. So it's it's really not about the money, it's what people choose to do with it, and that actually gives all of us, all of you out there, uh, light workers, even more of a motivation to become wealthy. because the state of the world right now, yes, a lot of it is being controlled by money. So we if you look at the scales right now, so much of the wealth is on one side of maybe not such good, intentional, heart-centered beings. But what if we start tipping the scales la 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 and now the wealth is in the hands of good, intentional, hard-based individuals, spiritually rich people that see the bigger picture. And 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 what what would the world is going to look like when we have that in place? Mm. So it's really shifting the wealth mm. and the balance. And that's why it's a spiritual duty like I said at the beginning.
0: Mm. You know, this brings up an interesting thing to me. So I'm part of, um, I'm part of a company that produces high-grade um, superfoods and leverages um, a network marketing business model. And um, I've, I've built a pretty, pretty big organization, almost like a 1,000 people over the last year and a half. And, and it's going incredibly well. And one of the things that really drew me to them was the conversation around the company Monsanto. And so we know Monsanto is basically like the archetypal representation of like evil in, devil. in, in corporate form. <laughs> and um, it was literally raping the planet. And so one of the things with this company, because they're on the front lines in, um, of that particular issue and trying to save organic farms and preserve organic farms and farmers. And one of the things that they mention is very similar to this, which is that We need economic empowerment, mothers, fathers, families. um, We need economic empowerment because without that, we're going to perish to the powers of companies that can get sued for $287 million and not even bat an eye. So it's almost like for companies like this and others um, and individuals that are part of companies or part of organizations We need to become so, so financially abundant that we can even stand in face of these juggernauts, Um, speaking from a company perspective, right? But companies are made up of people. So from a company perspective, they said we need to be as big as Coca-Cola and as big as Pepsi-Cola and as big as these corporations because they don't even bat an eye. They have so much money that they can get sued Pharmaceutical industry, all of it, they can get sued in private courts for billions of dollars, and nobody even hears about it. Mm-hmm. So that's a huge. That's like a. That's like a. That's like a whole other end of it. But that that to me is like the big vision of like what the implications of being of of impoverishing ourselves, the implications of not taking every opportunity we can to empower ourselves financially and otherwise.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you just touched on the the key and why I'm so driven with this and the work I do with individuals. It comes down to empowerment because you can be extremely spiritual and spiritually empowered, but if the financial piece is not in place, and this is this is from my own experience as as a as a person that is pretty rooted in their own self empowerment, but that financial piece, dude, it's like whoa. And when that clicks into place, the level of empowerment gets amplified so massively. And it's absolutely needed and necessary at this time. It's crucial. And to keep that vision, just like you said, can we become, us as individuals, can we become empowered in that way and then come together and gather all of our resources, our spiritual resources and our financial resources to actually slip some things around here on this planet.
0: So I think um, there's so many, there's so much more that can be talked about here. It's such a rich conversation as people that may not have thought it was so deep. Now you can see like, this is actually very deep. And for there's two types of people from what from my vantage point, there's people that have found their calling have found their dharma and maybe in the process of monetizing it and creating a structure to receive money. I remember the first day that I got sat down by a mentor of mine, five years into my health and nutrition mission. Um, I was pretty much doing speaking around the country on a shoestring budget and writing books and, and creating content online. But I I didn't really understand how to be an entrepreneur. I didn't really know anything about it. I didn't really want to know anything about it. I just thought that I could keep doing what I was doing. And somehow I'd be rewarded. Then I guess that was true. But then one day I got sat down in Sedona when I was burnt out and had nothing left. And I just landed in Sedona. On a book tour, and like things just fell apart, I'm just like I'm in sedona now, and a mentor of mine happened to be there, and one thing led to another, and I had some angels that came into my life that literally built um uh, taught me how to build online courses, and that's how my online course the health Mastery program was created, which has become a pretty big movement, at least for me and my community, Um, you know, hundreds of students. But the point of it is that was my first introduction in turning my knowledge in my book into a monetizable um, uh, platform that actually could serve people in a more powerful way than just reading my book. And it also served me because I can tell you the thing you're talking about, empowerment, I for the first time felt truly empowered because I no longer had to worry about paying the rent. The first the first couple thousand dollars I made, and then when it when I was like, "Whoa, this works!" Then I was more motivated to do more and more. And then I remember having seven thousand dollars in my bank account um, two months after doing this, and this had never happened. I w- I felt so rich, Noah. I felt, and I didn't even want to yes. spend the money. I was just, I was like. Cool. I'm not even like, I didn't have to do anything with it. I just bought my groceries, just did my normal thing. I felt so empowered and so uh, independent. Where I knew that like I could pay my rent, I could pay for my groceries, I didn't have to ask anybody for help. I could do whatever I wanted to do and needed to do, and it actually freed up so much energy inside of me that I became more creative. What was the common denominator? I mean, it's like you could say, like, well, you had all the time. Well, it wasn't about the time. It was about my sense of self worth went up because I created those results. Um, so there's so there's that that side. I wanted to share that story. But the other point I wanted to make was for the person that hasn't found that. That's the, that and that's the that's the point I want to kind of just expand on before we we conclude. Is there's going to be people watching this that haven't necessarily found that vehicle, or they don't know how to translate what we're talking about into that, right? Um, So I'd like to just take a moment for those people, you know, what would you say to those people that maybe they're like, well, this sounds good. I know there's the truth in this, but I don't know how to cross that bridge. I don't know how to turn my passion into uh, a profit engine or, or however you want to phrase that.
1: Right. That's a great question. And I truly believe first, if you have clarity on what your passion is, that's a, that's a place to start. So, cause I know some people don't even have clarity around that, but if you have clarity on what your passion is, is to not let your mind get in the way of, well, but how can that become profitable? Because that's not yours to know. That's not, that's not yours to figure out. It's just to get into the place of knowing this is what my passion is and start in your meditation, in your free time, in your journaling. Paint a picture of the life that you want to experience. It really just starts with the basics. Don't get caught up in the why and, and don't get caught up in the hows. Paint a picture of the life that you truly desire to experience personally, professionally, in your relationships, go into that space of what will be my most fulfilling life and let the stream of consciousness come through and write it down. And then whatever your passions, it, passions are, ask yourself, well, how can I start immersing myself in those passions more so than I'm doing right now? Don't think about how profitable it's going to be. Because that's how the universe works. You start moving the energy forward and then doors start to open that you could not foresee from where you are right now. So just ask yourself, how can I immerse myself more in those passions? And start moving in that direction. And in addition, you've got to do the inner work on your self-worth because I've found... That when once your self-worth is in a good place, more clarity comes in because all, all those action steps come naturally because you know that you are worthy of a better life. So you don't need to push yourself to find the answers and what are the, what are the action steps that I need to take. Ronnie, even to take your example, those people that came into your life to show you how to make the courses in that moment, you could have said no, not for me, and, and walk away, but you didn't because you had a, set, a level of self worth that said, "You know what? I'm ready to step it up financially. I, I don't want to live like this anymore." Right? So there was no resistance. The universe brought to you what you needed, and you said yes. So the inner work has to has to 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 to, to, to occur for a person that is still a little bit in that soup of I'm not sure what to do be just cultivate your self-worth cultivate how much you value yourself your relationship with yourself and the answers the clarity the action steps the opportunities people will come into your life and you'll be receptive to see it yeah and to take the step
0: yeah and I want to further that point too because not only did that happen but it was because of my receptivity and my follow through that made them help me even more. They helped me in ways that would have, would they would have been paid a lot of money to do. I mean, you can't even believe they pulled in a guy that flew in to go through a, a, a prototype of a, something he wanted to do and put me through the prototype. And, you know, it was crazy. It was like a whole operation, And you know what they just, and I talked to them about like, why are you pouring so much into me? You're not even charging me or even wanting any percentage or anything. And he's like, well, honestly, it's because you're actually doing the work. Like we've been trying to help people for a while and you're like the first person that's actually doing it. I was like, really? Okay. Well, and that's happened many times in my life. People do not discount Don't discount the value. And this is why hard work, the value of hard work is so important because, you know, you have more of an advantage in today's economy, and today's world than you ever did before because, you know, everybody used to work hard. Now it's like if you work hard and you're somewhat intelligent and you have somewhat of an idea of where you're going and you can get along with people man, you, you have a more of an advantage over, you have an advantage, like you can't even believe, but then it comes, but then like Noah said, like all of that is only going to get you so far without the self-worth. Is that because that took me years after that I had enough self-worth, but then you, but there was new levels. There was new levels. I had to stretch myself to keep doing the work. And even now there's still new levels of self-worth, you know, in every area of my life. So I, I just wanna bring it back to that. It's like you're so right, Noah, like the self-worth is and you're never done with it. Just because you think you got it, you're like, all right, I'm good now, but then you know it's like another level, another devil, as Anthony Robbins says. It's like we're constantly being shown our shadow, and the shadow is just like where our insecurities are. It's like where do we feel less than? And if we can be loving and, and open with ourselves, but also brutally honest at times and see that, um you know it's 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 just amazing what opens up in our life you know just with a little bit of faith um yeah
1: yeah faith and a lot of commitment which
0: mm. i
1: i like to use the word devotion
0: devotion uh,
1: it's it's being devoted to uh, truly fulfilling and self actualizing and again self actualization is the potential of who you are yeah and instead of of ha- it being only a potential, is you embodying it. And like I said, the next seven years is about embodying your higher self, is embodying mm-hmm. all those visions, right? You've got your third eye and what you see that is possible for yourself individually and collectively. And this is now being called of us to embody that fully. It's not, it's not in, 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 some, in the etheric realm of existence. It's in your body. It's right here, right now. How do we do it? And the financial, fi, being financially empowered, being fulfilled, following your soul's calling is absolutely essential in the times that we are living in
0: right now. I, I want to, as we're concluding, um, I want to make a note for anyone that's really, really getting activated by this conversation. You can connect with Noah and utilize her astrological genius to actually get so much more clarity on this for yourself and where you're at in your particular cycle, in your timeline and, and how to prepare yourself for upcoming events that are unique to you. Um, I think, I think that the astrological perspective that you bring in and helping people actually see like a roadmap of their own kind of soul destiny, um, at least in the immediate sense is, um, it's pretty profound. So Um, you know, can you please share like where people can find you, how they can get in contact with you, your website?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So here on Facebook is always good. Uh, I know we're on Facebook right now, so you can send me a private message. My website is noelakshmi.com, just my name.com. Very easy. I've got a YouTube channel as well. Uh, I've got a group that I want to invite people to join. It's called Born to Prosper. Um, it's a closed group on Facebook, so it's, it's called Born to Prosper Collective. So you can just um, search for that and ask to join the group. Uh, And I will be launching a a group program at the end of May um, or beginning of June, um, all about what we are talking about today, doing the inner work to get you ready to create the life that you truly desire to create professionally and and personally and truly prosper.
0: I love that. The life you are, which, which finances obviously is included, but it's not. It's, it's the life, the holistic life that you're born to live.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much, Noah, for coming on. Such a good conversation. We've never dove in this deep into the money conversation on this show before. Uh, the timing is impeccable. So, very grateful to have you on and sharing your wisdom with us all.
1: Yes. Thank you, Ronnie. Always a pleasure.